Olivia, good to see you. Randy, thanks for joining us. You're both going to tell the story from what I understand. Uh, hopefully, Olivia, you've given them a little bit of an idea of what this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, I think you've listened to it. I've, I've listened to two of them, I think. Okay. Yeah. I hope one of them was the Florida Keys episode. It's a really good episode. Oh, enough. (laughs) Enough. There's no way. There's no way it was that one. It was mine, of course. Oh, that makes more sense. I think it was. (laughs) The Cougar one. Oh, the Cougar one. Kevin, I went back and listened to that Florida Keys one. Oh. It features a uh, a butterfly sanctuary, so yeah, it's nice. It's, it's a lovely. It's you know I highly recommend <laughs> episode number seven. I'm just saying, if anyone wants to check it out, it's definitely worth your time. Yeah, Randy. Hopefully, you're you're lucky enough to not have uh, three or four friends who um, constantly interrupt you while you're trying to tell them a story. <laughs> uh, where, where in Indi- where in Indiana are you guys right now? Where you, where do you live? Oh, Northern Indiana. Uh, almost at the Michigan line. Okay. And we're about an hour east of where Notre Dame is in oh. South Bend. Oh, okay. Did the house come with a, a backboard and a basketball hoop? <laughs> this one did not. Okay. okay. This one did not. Okay. The- I thought they all. I thought they all did on the back of the barn. Randy was uh, Olivia an athlete when she was young. Um. Not particularly. Why are you even <laughs> hesitating? <laughs> That's an elegant no. <laughs> <laughs> no. If playing an instrument is like playing on a team. No, that I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, he, okay. I think he signed me up for um, Little League. T-ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just the wimpiest kid ever. Baseball is a tough one because it's, I mean, you know, other than if you have some sort of love or you know a parent loves it or something there's so much downtime yeah 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 as a kid to to just be expected to wait to bat which is really the only exciting thing that will happen at a young age and to just sit out there and nobody's hitting it anywhere near you or yeah it's just like so much downtime (laughs) waiting to bat and then waiting for the snack afterwards at the end of the game ice cream or water ice absolutely yeah Right. Yeah. And then you do hit the ball and you have no idea where to run. I mean, my daughter. Runs up, runs <laughs> no, no, no. That's third. third. This is first. Now, then you have the coaches just screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's usually the coaches are good. It's the parents that are screaming. That's sure. true. That yeah. was a ball. Yeah. That was a ball. Right. Right. At the umpire. Yep. Yeah. The umpire who's also just a dad who just said, yeah. fine, I'll do it. Yeah. It was unfortunate enough to have the mask. Right. Yeah. For, yeah, for some reason brought it yeah yeah yep. yeah great we got our umpire oh good you're here what no this is just <laughs> this is for asthma <laughs> hey this is steve with the punch up podcast with me on this episode are kevin reagan hey steve ian o'shea hi steve jesse preisendorfer hey steve and our storytellers tonight, we have two of them, Olivia Roth and her father, Randy Roth. Welcome, Olivia and Randy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. The great wrestling name, by the way, Randy. Randy Roth. Randy Roth. Yeah, yeah. it is. Change it to Randy Rath. Oh, there you go. Cool. He's a heel. Now he's a heel, Jess. I used to talk about the Wrath of Roth. Oh, nice. I like it. That's my comedy sports name, Grapes of Roth. Oh, oh that's right. There you go. 
All right, you guys got a story for us, I understand. Yeah, it's a story from a long time ago, almost 40 years ago now. My wife and I did a uh, three-year term of service, church service in Japan. Okay. We had been looking for doing a, a year service somewhere, and um, this ended up being the shortest thing we could find. <laughs> we went over as English teachers slash missionaries, I guess, and um, had six months of language school in Tokyo, oh, wow. and then moved up to the northern island of Hokkaido, and that's where we, we work with a local church. We did lots and lots of English teaching in university and a nursing school in our home. Randy, were you guys coming from Indiana? Is that where you went from Indiana to Japan? Yes, that's right. Okay. It's a logical, logical step. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's the layover. That's the layover. The six months of language, that was you taking, you and your wife taking Japanese, I guess, sort of just remedial, right. just conversational or just the basics. Yeah, uh, we learned, I got to the place where I could read characters on about a fourth grade level. Wow, that's impressive though. Because I really enjoyed it. Do you speak other languages? Is that something that's one of your things? I really like languages. I I took um, Spanish in junior high, high school, college. Yeah, he definitely has a very good ear for languages. He, he and my sibling have it. I don't think I have it so much. I mean, I can pronounce things but it just doesn't come naturally very much you're doing really well with the english yeah Aww. you're doing yeah. a nice thanks. job so yeah. thanks yeah. but i have a clarification question okay you said it was the shortest one mm -hmm. but it was three years right mm -hmm. so oh three my gosh the shortest term that you guys <laughs> wow, wow. That, that, those are commitments yeah they offered us the the other choices were five years on a native american reservation in montana Okay. Or five to 10 years church planning in Pittsburgh. Definitely pit, stay away you from Pittsburgh. Japan you for three right. years. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, you, yeah. so, you, so you pleaded out to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this was at a time when, I mean, there was no internet, like long distance phone calls were sure. really expensive. So oh, yeah. they were pretty isolated there. Yeah. We ended up in a city of about 200,000. Okay. And we... Um, there were about seven native English speakers there. Mostly Japanese people? Um, the, the English speakers? No, I was just, I, it was my attempt at a joke. <laughs> 200,000 people, most, mostly Japanese or well, mostly. Norwegians? Mostly. Yeah, keep explaining the joke, Ian. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> right. There were a couple other missionaries and there were some Canadian hockey players. Oh, cool. Because... Hockey is um, really popular in Japan, and a bunch of companies will get together and have their own league. Okay. And then, just like Japanese baseball teams will do, they will import foreigners to uh, improve their team. Ringers. Ringers. Yeah, so maybe some like aging pros who, who aren't playing over here anymore and still can make some money. Mm-hmm. So did they have a hockey team in Koshido? Uh-huh. Oh, One of the, the paper processing plants. <laughs> they had a hockey team. Oh, they the team sponsored it. That's great. <laughs> I mean, the, the company. The company. Sponsored it. Yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were probably some people, workers, who played hockey um, for the team, but then they hired some. So right. their name was like the Koshido Paper Pushers or yeah, something like something. that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I was born there. Let's skip to that part. 
Oh. Okay. Uh, you were born in Japan? Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't think I knew so cool. He was made in Japan. Uh-huh. Well, that would make sense. Three years. Little Sam. Yep. I did, yeah, I did, notice, I did notice that on the back of your neck. Now, Libby, you have, are you the firstborn? Do you have siblings? No, I was the first. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, I do have a sibling, but they were born after. Okay. So do you have dual citizenship? Is that a thing? Is that, that's not the same as it would be here. Back yeah. then, you had to have a Japanese father in order to, to be Japanese, which was really unfortunate because after World War II, there were a lot of GIs over there, and there were a lot of kids of uh, servicemen with Japanese women, and they could not become Japanese oh, citizens, wow. yeah. which was a real issue. Yeah. Has that since changed? I mean, I uh, think it has. Yeah, I think I mean, it that's... has. A lot of people worked at that for a long time. Yeah. So, Randy, the uh, missionary then, where you were state, is it, I, I, I kind of know the way like military works, where you're kind of, even when you're in a foreign country, you're still kind of in America. Is that how that was? Or was it like you're living in Japan? It is Japan. We were living in Japan and it was Japan. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, highlight for us every week was watching Sesame Street. Yeah. Because it was one of only two programs in English. Wow. The other one was a, a national Japanese program where they taught English and we would mock the teachers for their terrible pronunciation. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I would, so, yeah. And, and even just, it would be very odd seeing things like Benny Hill in Japanese, Japanese dubbed. And Columbo. Columbo. You're right. Columbo. <laughs> yeah, we had missionaries who long-term missionaries who watched Colombo and then went on furlough, came back to the U.S., watched Colombo and said, ah, oh, he's got a horrible voice. I hate this. <laughs> oh, poor Peter Falk. <laughs> Not known for his uh, dulcet tones. Yeah, mm -hmm. He was in yeah. Japan. He had a deep, rich voice. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know what he was saying, but it sounded great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my dad became conversational and i think fluent i would say probably over time i i got around okay now he's being modest he was fluent i'm sure i'm sure are there how many dialects are there in japan mm. yeah that's a good question i don't know i would guess like 10 were they are they similar enough that you could get by in all of them you like could you not understand all of them there would be a couple that i would have a really hard time with a really hard time with mm-hmm Japanese spoken in Tokyo is like standard Japanese. Okay. And Hokkaido was uh, colonized very late, like 200 years ago, mostly from people from around the Tokyo area. So the Hokkaido dialect is very similar to Tokyo. Okay. So we could get along really well. Certain different weird words, vocabulary words, but there were places around northern Japan, Osaka, we would have we had a tough time. Okay. How, how long were you and your wife married before you went on this mission? Two years. Wow. Okay. That's a elongated honeymoon. Uh, it was a test. Yeah. It was a, it was a test. It's a, it's a honeymoon and a pandemic all at once. Because <laughs> you're isolated and yet. And it's two years. Yeah. <laughs> and counting. Yeah. Or three years. It was three years. Yeah. So we'd send a letter and it would take a week to get there. Yeah. And then someone would read it and digest it and send a letter back and it'd take another week to get back. Mm. I played a correspondence chess game with a friend and we never got all the way through it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was a typical day uh, on a mission in 
in this village or town? Usually it was had to do with teaching. Mm -hmm. It wasn't real heavy schedule, maybe two different classes in a day. Okay. For me, I might have a, a class at the university in the morning and then a club, um, city club in the afternoon. And uh, my wife was at the the nursing college in the day. And then maybe we had people in our home in the evening. Mm-hmm. Teaching English. Yeah. Teaching English. Yeah. yeah. More, just more conversational in the, in the city. Mostly conversational. I, at the university, I also taught composition as well. Uh-huh. Wow. That's great. Was it through the church that set all of this up? Cause like, as Olivia said, there's no internet. I don't know how you would like, how would you book a, a apartment or house or. Yeah. That mission board actually owned a house there okay. that they had bought years and years ago. And a succession of missionaries lived in that house. Okay. And we replaced a, someone who had all the classes set up, all the teaching set up. So we just kind of walked right into it. Okay. Which was really nice. And what would you say is, was the, maybe like the biggest sort of culture shock of, of coming from Indiana two yeah. years into marriage to plopping yourself not in a major city at all. I mean, you were kind of out in the boonies, huh? Yeah. Well, at first in Tokyo, we were, you know, a big, big city. Yeah, sure. One of the hardest things is just not being able to read anything. Uh-huh. Even if you start to get some of the language under your belt, reading was always a tremendous challenge. I mean, we could get something in the mail and you could spend hours trying to figure out what it said. <laughs> it's top down, correct? Either, either way, sometimes it's it's right to left, and sometimes it's top to bottom. How would you, how, how would you know? Would I guess if you knew, you knew. Yeah, it's like a coder ring. You can look at it, and you can tell. I mean, oh, it's really? in okay. columns this way, and so up and down, and then right to left. Mm-hmm. And so a Bible starts on the right, like a Hebrew Bible. It starts on the right and ends on the left. Yeah. Okay. In Japanese. In Japanese. Yeah. But there's also two different types of characters. There's like the more symbolic characters and the more like each character makes a sound. So well, it's like there are actually two syllabaries and, and then Chinese characters on top of that. Syllabaries. Okay. Wow. This is going yeah. beyond my right? <laughs> so instead of instead of an alphabet, there are syllables. And then you put those together and there's one for Japanese words and one for foreign words. Okay. Uh So if you see the one language, you know, oh, that's a foreign word. Okay. Except when it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every once in a while, they would do a regular Japanese word in the foreign language. It's like italics. Okay. It's like to really emphasize that word. I was going to say, did your wife, so she also kind of immersed herself in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you teach any of this to the kids? Or were you guys able to have, it's not even a secret language. It's just, would, would you guys be able to speak in front of Olivia and her sibling? And they have no idea what you're talking about. It was pretty much a secret language for I us. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. Olivia was only like two and a half when we left, so. Yeah. Nothing, Olivia? You picked up nothing. Unbelievable. I know. It's such a shame. I... What were you doing? <laughs> She's watching Sesame Street and Columbo dubbed. That's once a week. <laughs> Until Miss Figgy came on and then she ran screaming away. <laughs> yeah. I get that too. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't you say when I was learning to talk, I was very good at Japanese? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She was, I think probably her vocabulary was 70% Japanese. Thirty wow. percent English. Yeah, cool. Even though we talk mostly English at home, but okay. 
we'd go to church where when she was around little friends that's what she picked up yeah perfect pronunciation like oh man yeah <laughs> yeah great it's okay i lost all of it without trying pulls yeah. out with your baby teeth yeah yeah that's right <laughs> so randy do you still get a chance to speak japanese do you ever like dust it off or it's been a long time yeah we came back and about five years later i stumbled into a position they there was a, a japanese american car seat uh, manufacturer in Greencastle, okay. Indiana. Home of DePaul University. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Very nice. Three nieces went there. All right. And they had Japanese engineers and U.S. people doing the sewing the covers. Yeah. And they needed a translator. And the translator they had made the mistake of doing some acupuncture on one of the Americans, uh, one of the women. And the husband found out and he came up in arms and they immediately sent the translator home mm -hmm. as to uh, not be in trouble with any law. And so they needed a translator for two weeks. I can't tell if that's real acupuncture or if that's code, but we'll, yeah. keep, going. we'll keep going. I, I did not know. <laughs> yeah. I did not know. Because acupuncture is not a bad thing, right? Right. Mm -mm. Okay. I mean, you know, it, it, I guess it all depends. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of gray area to acupuncture. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So that's great, though. So you, you were able to take advantage of that. Well, it had been five years since we'd been in Japan, and I, I'd lost almost everything. Yeah. So I drove down to that interview, job interview, with a language book in my hand, yeah. reviewing how to say good morning and what are the dates of the week. And I always had good pronunciation, so I got there and I introduced myself in Japanese, said, hi, my name is Randy, nice to meet you. Yeah. And the American guy said, he can do it. <laughs> and the Japanese guy said, mm. yeah. <laughs> I've seen that sitcom. <laughs> well, they said, we'll try it for a week. And it started coming back pretty quickly. And I ended up being there for seven months. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, did you guys move down there? I stayed down there. They were up here and I was down there for the first five months and mm. went back and forth on the weekends. And then there was a major reshuffle and they were already paying me a good price, a good wage, but they fired all the American officers because it wasn't going well, brought in new people. A lot of acupuncture going on out there. Right? <laughs> yeah. It had caught on over here. Yes, I think. What are what is the job like? Who are you just? Who are you translating for all day? Well, there are Japanese engineers walking around, and there are these circles of sewing machines. They were all women who were sewing there, and there would be pieces of vinyl or leather, and they would come and they would sew one little bit here, go it on to the next one, then they would sew it and would go all the way around. Okay. The engineers were trying to make the process absolutely as efficient as possible, eliminate errors, teach them what was right and what was wrong. Very un-American. <laughs> My Japanese got much better working in the United States than it ever was in Japan. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because many times in Japan, I could fake it. Mm. People would talk and talk and talk and you would say, oh, is that right? And then they'd <laughs> talk some more and talk some more. And maybe at the end of the paragraph, you go, Oh, that was about the government. Okay. <laughs> That's really interesting. But when yeah. you're translating, you've got to know like every word. So I'm yeah. in my dictionary. and So they're giving instructions to the American sellers from the executives or the Japanese 
and you're you have to translate all of that mm -hmm. and then sit on corporate meetings and stuff like that you ever throw your own opinions in there too every once in a while i'll be like yeah uh you know maybe tighten that stitch up a little bit it's, i got some ideas yeah <laughs> at one point i had helped teach yeah. this certain machine so many times the japanese engineer just said ah you do it oh um, wow that's funny walked away yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple other times there were some cultural snafus going on where I could tell the Japanese people don't like to say no, and they don't like to criticize anyone. Okay. And so one time the key Japanese person acted as though their people were responsible when I knew it was absolutely the Americans who were responsible, but he was not going to throw them under the bus. And so after the meeting, I went to the chief of the plant and said, this is what's going on. He didn't really tell you the truth because he didn't want you all to lose face. And he didn't want to blame you and throw you under the bus. But this is this is what's happening. Wow. Yeah. A cultural translator. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I was going to say he had to learn a lot of like jargon, right? Like, how do you say grommet in Japanese? I mean, that's like mm. something he never yeah. <laughs> say before. Double needle machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Map direction. Yeah. So there was miming involved. <laughs> there was. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So this job lasted, what, seven months, you said? Yeah. So that's that's when my Japanese was the best that it ever got. Yeah. And now it's been a long, slow decline ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find yourself slipping into it when you're cursing at drivers? That would be me. I would definitely, because <laughs> again, it's that like almost secret language. Nobody knows it. So as I'm yelling. Nobody at people, knows. Yeah. Once in a while, there are certain words that just fit better in a certain situation in Japanese than in English. Yeah. Or it's like there's a certain word that sometimes it describes five or ten things that would, in English, you can say in one word. Yeah. And I can say to my wife, Mary, and she, yep, knows what it is. <laughs> Still, to this day, that's great. Yeah. Do you have an example of anything like that, Randy? Is there anything you can think of? Um, I would say acupuncture. <laughs> I think that means a couple things. There's a, a Japanese word, uh, neshin, and neshin means you're really focused, you're really concentrated, you're really eager, all of that kind of put together in one thing. And we okay. just, maybe we have an English word, but that just comes to mind real quickly for me. Uh -huh. And I have to catch myself sometimes like oh yeah nobody would understand that okay i would say it all the time you <laughs> yeah. i would i would brandish that as much as i could oh i'm sorry <laughs> you people don't speak japanese they have words that we don't have never mind you wouldn't understand americans yeah. you know what i'll just take a latte i'll just take a latte <laughs> <laughs> well i will say there are words japanese words that have been americanized over time and my parents still like really cringe uh like futon for yeah. example in Japan, it's pronounced futon. Futon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pronounced what? Futon. Oh. Yeah. So futon. Futon. I can picture Columbo saying that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can picture Peter Falk saying it. And, mm -mm, no. No. Watching golf and I hear him talking about Colin Morikawa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's Morikawa. Yeah, that's way better. That's, that's way, way better. better. Hiroshima or you know stuff like that instead yeah. of Hiro Hiroshima mm -hmm. yeah Tokyo <laughs> 
So when Olivia was about, I think about 18 months, we lived on the coast and we had friends inland who invited us to come and visit them in the summer, which was great because on the coast where we were, there's only about two weeks of short sleeve shirt weather because of the way the cold air and the ocean currents come together and you go inland and it's just like Indiana. Okay. Warm, hot, lovely. And we were looking for things to do and we decided to go to a zoo. So we spent the day going around looking at the zoo and everything. And after a while, we kind of got tired and we found a bench to sit on. And it was about, oh, I'd say about 50 feet away from this cage with a male lion in it. And you have what, Olivia at this point? Just like one yep. child or? Okay. She, she was in a stroller, as I remember. A delicious looking 18 month old. <laughs> <laughs> Slathered in coconut oil. Dripping sweat that smells like gravy. Yeah, soy sauce. Right yep. next to the lion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's umami. <laughs> Sliced really thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, you've probably been to zoos and you know animals tend to be kind of out of it bored, not very interested in anything. And this lion was like that. It was kind of facing us, but it was reclined and had his head just, you know, sitting in the sun, just a plain cage. I felt really sorry for it. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, tail would kind of flip every once in a while. So you knew it was awake. And So it didn't have very much space to walk around it? Oh, I would say it was the cage was probably something like 20 by 20. But there wasn't anything in it, you know? It's yeah. just a plain cage. With Utilitarian. Yeah. I felt sorry for it. So I got this idea. Uh-oh. I thought, <laughs> I wonder if I could stimulate this lion. I don't know if this would work. Interesting choice of words, Randy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a broad term. Yeah. 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 Many yeah. meanings. Many yeah, yeah. meanings. There's lots of stimulation. Acupuncture yeah. is one of them. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. So I... I walked away from my group. I walked farther away so that I was probably about. So you could get a running start. <laughs> 100, 120 feet, something like that. Okay. And I kind of moved behind a tree <laughs> and, and looked around the tree. And then I crouched down and I ran to an up bush. <laughs> oh, boy. Kind of like a, you know, how I right. think an animal would do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then I, I did that a couple times and I wasn't sure whether it was seeing me or watching me or not. But other people probably were. Well, probably. <laughs> I guess well, you're committed to the critter activity. Right. Exactly. I'm sure my wife was like, oh, man. <laughs> He's pretending to be a weasel again. Great. <laughs> Well, he already stuck out, stood out with his orange hair like hardly anyone sure, has. Well, yeah. One of the common comments we heard walking down the street, we'd be walking along, we hear a kid. I mean, they would say, foreigner, foreigner. Mm-hmm. That's gaijin. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I would say, yeah, ujujin da, which it's very close, but that means alien. Huh. <laughs> nope, I'm an alien. Uh-huh. Often they were taken aback. Yeah. <laughs> And I even once had someone staring at me across the street and walk into a light pole. Nice. <laughs> You're magic. Yeah. Because they thought you were Larry Bird. <laughs> well, we actually had another 
a missionary friend who was six foot seven. Oh. So the four of us, his wife and my wife and I, we would go to a store and he and I would walk in front and our wives would walk in back just watching people's reaction <laughs> to bright red hair and a beard and a six foot seven guy. Yeah, it got a lot of attention. A lot of looks. Yeah. <laughs> So he couldn't scurry from bush to bush, but you could. <laughs> yeah. no, he could not, no. So as you go from bush to bush, were you successful? So you picking up some, some attention from the lion? I finally, when I got to within about 60 feet or so, maybe I ran across a, a bigger space and all of a sudden I saw its head go, hmm. uh. its head went up, its eyes came up and the tail stopped. I thought, huh, I think it's watching me. And so I did one more of those. Then there was nothing left between there and the cage. So I got ready for my final pounce. And I, I went down like on all fours. And I stuck my butt up in the air. Like I've seen cats do when they're ready to pounce. Waving an imaginary tail. I started waving my bottom back and forth. And then I charged at the lion as fast as I could run. Whoa. Oh, my God. And I got within about 20 feet and it stood up and roared. Wow. Oh my God. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Between heart attack, yeah. adrenaline rush, and nearly soiling myself. Uh, <laughs> was it a huge roar? It was really, really loud. Yeah. And of course, at 20 feet away, the bars disappeared. Um, right. Yeah. I did yeah. not see the bars anymore. Yeah. And, um, then I slowly kind of started looking around like, um, I wonder if we're going to get kicked out here now. Um, I think so. Yeah. I was ready to argue that I'm, I'm helping the lion's health Yeah. because, um, you know, it's just bored. It needs some stimulation. It's never felt so alive. Right. <laughs> but they let you stay. No kicking you out? They, they let us stay. Nice. They didn't see the butt shake. Had they seen the butt shake, you would have been gone. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's too, that's going too far. But you know, all the whoever was around there to hear that roar is awesome. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, they're uh, my companions. All looked up like, what, what, what's going on? Yeah, I, I, I wonder what um, what father or mother or what have you, it, what their version of the story of this crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. American, <laughs> the redheaded alien, this, this crazy Canadian hockey player running around the zoo. <laughs> right. He tried to attack the lion and. The lion wasn't having it. We, we never saw him again. He was <laughs> immediately. Yeah, they saved some money on the uh, lion food. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's, have you been back since? Not to Japan. I mean, a zoo. Have you been back to a zoo? <laughs> I've been to zoos again, but I've never yeah. tried that kind of thing. Do you have any kind of, I, I know, obviously, the past few years have been a little tough, but do you have, like, an urge to go back to Japan? Would you ever go back? Yeah, we're we're actually plotting. Good. Nice. And uh, Olivia and our youngest, uh, we're, we'd like to all go together. That would be great. Oh, man. Are you going to go to the zoo if you do that? Just to <laughs> see if they have For signs For old time's up? sake. Yeah, they have signs. Don't shake your tail feathers. <laughs> if you see this man shaking his tail feathers. <laughs> or maybe it would be like one of those gorillas with Jane Goodall. Like the lion would be so happy. There you to go. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't roared a day since. Oh, we mow it, oh, we mow it, oh, we mow it, oh, we mow it.
Bam, 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 bam,